afternoon and good morning wherever you're at in the world i am jason your co-host with god and jesus christ at my side because they are the host with the most they are at the wheel they are in the captain's chair therefore they are steering the ship through these crazy waters that we call life so welcome to his hard line for episode 465 we are going to be doing a reading out of genesis chapter 6 with a little bit of commentary so let's get started so a couple a little announcements here uh to begin with so destry pain will be on tomorrow night I want to say it's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, if I recall correctly, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a show on Rumble. It's called Patriots with Grit. Um, Patriots with Grit. So check that out on Rumble. Um, There's an uh, assemblyman down in Missouri, Josh Lehman. Um, He has been doing presentations on um the assembly and he's been really kind of just really taking the reins and just learning everything he possibly can and he's been actually on their show a few times so destry will be on there uh so catch that tomorrow night 8 30 p.m on rumble again the channel is called patriots with grit so definitely check that out also make sure uh you you know, visit the website, hishardline.com, share it far and wide with uh, anybody uh, that you might know. Um, 
again, we're trying to continuously always uh, expand this channel. We're trying to expand our listener, you know, our listener base. And um, yeah, you know, that's pretty much the goal of the show here because the more, you know, the more people we can, we can touch uh, the bigger of a difference I think we can make. So again, uh, if somebody doesn't have a Podbean account, they can certainly check out the podcast um, on the front page. All you have to do is scroll down on hishardline.com and then uh, check out the other links as well. So I have a special, you know, a special area there where there are some podcasts that I have separated out that are very relevant and important to the national assembly. Um, that link is called national assembly. So all, all you got to do is just click on those and check it out. So I appreciate that. Um, so what I am going to do, let me just pull up the window that I need. I apologize for the slight little tardiness. Like I said, still trying to get used to the new system here. Um, it's definitely a lot different compared to using, um, Apple, you know, uh, cause I've used Apple for such a long time now. I mean, ever since I started DJing, um, Apple was all I ever used. The last time I ever used an actual regular computer with a windows operating system, I want to say was back in 2000 and hmm, gosh, I can't even tell you how long it's been, but it's been quite some time. It's been at least, well, at least a good solid 10 to 12 years. Um, and so anyways, yeah, I just never really cared for windows because, you know, I ended up spending a ton of money back in the day on a nice Dell laptop and the thing completely sucked. It kept crashing. Uh, my software kept crashing. And, you know, when you're in a nightclub with a ton of people, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and they're relying on you solely for the entertainment to dance all night. Right. Um, and your computer completely crashes and you got dead air in the middle of a nightclub. I mean, a good nightclub, that's not really good for business, if you know what I mean. So, um, ever since then I swore off regular computers and windows operating systems. And I went right to Mac cause every DJ that I knew used a Mac and it's never failed me at that time. But now we're kind of taking it up, a, you know, we're stepping it up another notch. So. Like I said, we got a regular PC, a gaming PC with a lot of horsepower behind it, but we did away with Windows thanks to Destry and he helped me get Linux Mint on here. So we are operating on a different different level. So thank you for that. Appreciate that, my friend. So um, <clears throat> before we get into the reading, I do want to play this. So I saw this earlier on TikTok and this was just too good to pass up. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to play this. So to give you a little context, this video, it says, uh, it says when a teenager gets their first paycheck, give this a listen. This is just comical. <laughs> I've been waiting all week for this. My first check. Start the car. Wait, what? Start the car. We need to go back. What are you even talking about? Go back where? To my job, bro. We need to go back to my job. Why would you need to go back to your job? Because, bro, I must have left the other envelope with the rest of my money on it. This isn't right. What are you even talking about? Bro, I'm no math magician, but I only made $193 this week in 35 hours. I'm supposed to be getting paid $13 an hour. Where is the rest of my money at? Bro, look, look at it. On top of that, bro, my boss talking about some, you can only work a certain amount of hours on school nights because I'm too young. What does that even mean? I don't even work a hard job. I am a dishwasher at 
chilies. Just calm down. Let me look, look at, at it. it. Look. So basically, you got to pay $100 in federal taxes and state tax, $25 in Medicare, $50 in income tax, and then $40 in other. You're telling me they make more money than me, and I'm the one doing all the work. And they making more money than I'm making. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, all right, all right. No, 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 it's cool. Because what it sound like to me, it sound like a scam. But I got something for that. I'm going to sue them. Do them for what? Bro, for false advertisement, bro. They told me I'm making thirteen dollars an hour when I'm only making five dollars and fifty cent an hour in reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about it. See, <clears throat> it cracks me up when people uh, vote—you know—vote a certain way. And, and let's be real; I mean, the voting system has been broken for quite some time. But it really does crack me up when people, you know, take their ideas and 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 listen if you've listened to me long enough now you should know that i don't really break things down as democrat or republican or liberal or conservative anymore but here's the bottom line let's face facts for what they really are there is a certain set of voting habits that people have that um tend to really be socialistic in nature based on the policies that they're voting for like for example you know thinking it's okay to you know, pay a higher tax, you know, tax to rich, tax to rich, right? Well, you know, what people don't realize is that there's always other areas uh, that it's going to end up getting you as a working man at the bottom of the totem pole, whether if it's through inflation, whether if it's through higher property taxes or lottery tickets or whatever. I mean, listen, lottery tickets, scratch off lotteries and regular lottery tickets. I mean, that's really a hidden tax on the poor. People don't even realize it. That is a tax on the poor. And it's just basically, you know, sugarcoated as, hey, it's entertainment. It's entertainment. Well, hate to break it to you. That's their way of getting their tax money from you, the little guy who works very hard for their money. But anyways, I just love this video because it really does explain how big government does nothing but screw the little guy. This is why we need small limited government. How do you get small limited government? Well. You do that by becoming self-governed and you become a member of the National Assembly, which we'll talk about more on the other side. But anyways, what this is, is a reading of the Bible, what used to be called 1% with him. And we are going to be reading out of Genesis chapter 6. So let's get right into it. So chapter 6, and you know, I've been kind of so preoccupied lately with uh, not putting up the number on uh <laughs> on the uh, Telegram and True Social for whoever gets to pick their version of the Bible. Uh, I promise I will have my head screwed on properly tomorrow, if I remember. So I'm just going to continue to stick with the New King James Version. I've been actually liking that, believe it or not. I think I found a second new favorite. My NASB, the or excuse me, my New American Bible Revised Edition is still my top one that I like, but I'm kind of liking the New King James Version over the NASB. So I think I'm going to stick with that for a second. But this is what it talks about here. So we're talking about the wickedness and judgment of man. Chapter 6 in Genesis. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. 
There were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward with the sons of God came in to the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were mighty men who were of old men of renown. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was just a man. Excuse me. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their ways on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks, and behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you, and every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, and every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive, and you shall take for yourself of all the food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, and so he did. And that is the book of Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 22. All right. So let me take a quick look over here at the chat board for a quick second. <laughs> Dastry was saying uh, re with regards to that video I played with the kid discovering how much unconstitutional robbery uh, they call taxes came out. He says equivalent to someone in a suit, like maybe a bar attorney, equivalent to someone in a suit getting the first bite out of your ice cream. Yeah, that's exactly it. Imagine getting a triple scoop ice cream cone of whatever flavor you decide. And some guy in a Mercedes rolls up, fancy shiny suit, looks sleazy, kind of like a bar attorney, and comes up and he just flats out, or she, but he, We'll just say he for this case. 
comes up to you and takes a big old bite out of the first top scoop, you know, the one with the cherry on top and the whipped cream, you know, the, 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 the top part of the ice cream that has all the fixings, sprinkles, and he just grabs it with his hand, just rips off the top, a third of it, and just devours it. That's pretty much what taxes are like. Before you even get to enjoy the rest of it, like he takes the best of it. So there you go. I like that. Equivalent to someone in a suit getting the first bite out of your ice cream cone. Yep, that's about it. So, okay, where am I at? I just lost myself here. What is going on? Forgive me, guys. I just had something come up. Hold on. What is going on here? This website I'm using is completely messing with me. Hold on. Bear with me for a moment. What is going on? I'm having some technical difficulties, of course. All right, let's do this like this. Genesis. All right, chapter six. Hmm. Hmm. Hold on a second, guys. I am definitely having some issues here. Well, what is going on here? All right. There we go. I think I got to figure it out. Sorry about that. Like I said, still trying to figure out the kinks uh, of a new system. It's completely different. Um, and it also is actually more of the website, actually. The, the website has done some changes here. So this is kind of interesting. Uh, Bibleref.com, by the way. Bibleref.com. That's one of the resources that I use. So as far as Genesis chapter 6, what does it mean? Well, so... As we read a few chapters ago, God looked at all that he had made on the earth and called it good, right? As we kind of stated, as we read in Genesis 1, verse 31. Now, several hundred years after Adam and Eve walked out of Eden, God sees a very different world. So human sinfulness has made it far from good. Now, this trend toward sin is certainly not out of forgetfulness and Adam and his children all alive hundreds of years maintaining a long line of eyewitnesses to God's work on earth and yet many terrible things begin to happen in the world of man so for one thing the members of a mysterious group described as the sons of God begin to take human wives and reproduce their offspring became heroic and famous and apparently quite powerful on the earth. And there is a frequent debate over the nature of these men. And some actually speculate that they were humans of large physical build giants. Right. And so others suggest that they were the offspring of humans and, and demons. And some would actually claim and go as far as saying that they were aliens. Now, while the number of possible interpretations is almost infinite. The Bible devotes very little time to this particular idea, but rather it seems to be a good solid footnote in the story of the flood. And so powerful humans unchecked in their sinfulness always produce death and destruction and wickedness. Consider how much modern dictators have done with only 30 to 40 years of active life at their disposal. In this chapter, God points out that every inclination of the thoughts of human beings is only evil all the time. 
he decides to reduce human lifespan to just 120 years. And much as with, you know, confusing languages at the Tower of Babel, which we'll get into at Genesis chapter 11, you know, this seems to be God's way of limiting the evil man, you know, the limiting the evil that man can inflict. So an alternate interpretation of this passage is that God will wipe out all land-dwelling life on that planet in 120 years. Now, however, one interprets this remark, it certainly comes to pass. And very few times in Scripture is God said to experience regret. Now, the state of mankind prior to the flood produces this emotion in their creator. Now, this comment has to be understood and in careful context and with a sense of... Um, the original Hebrew language. What God experiences here is not a feeling of error, but more or less a sense of anguish. Kind of much like a parent who feels uh, pained when disciplining a child, but has no doubt that it's the right decision. So too, can God feel grief over man's sin without concluding that he was wrong to create humans? You know, some translations use phrases such as grieved or even repented, right? All carrying the same idea of sorrow. But however, the Bible does not indicate that God feels guilt or doubts about his creation. Rather, this verse expresses God's anguish at seeing the wickedness and violence in the world of man. Understandable. So in order to preserve his creation, God declares that he will exercise his authority as the creator and wipe out humanity for its sinfulness and violence, along with the birds, insects, and other animals. So in this chapter, as with those that follow, there is often debate over the context of this flood, and some see this as a truly large-scale global event. Others as a local event, which you know only destroyed all of man, um, not all of the planet. Um, there are points to be made on both sides. God's intent at the end of the day and the effect is beyond debate. And so the destruction of the entire human race with exception of one family. So the exception is Noah, as we read. And God points out that Noah is the righteous and blameless is a righteous and blameless man who walks faithfully with the creator and God declares his intentions to Noah and he will destroy all land-dwelling life with a great flood now however he will not wipe out his creation entirely he will spare Noah and Noah's family in addition he will spare a male and female pair of every kind of bird creeping thing and animal so The means for this salvation are unique. God tells Noah to build a huge box, in other words, which we know as the ark. It will be some 450 feet, 137 meters long, almost about five stories tall, and it has to be seaworthy. Now, once it's constructed, Noah and family will board the ark and be saved from the coming flood. Now, in addition, Noah will prepare food for his family and all the pairs of the animals who will come to the ark at God's direction, to be saved. And so the chapter ends with an amazing statement. Noah did everything, just as God commanded. Faithful Noah would be saved and by the, and be the means by which God would save humanity and start again. 
And so the story of the ark and the flood will serve as a powerful foreshadowing of the ministry of Jesus Christ many thousands of years later. Amen. I tell you, one thing that I really took a lot of enjoyment out of uh, when I was hauling fuel on a special assignment for the company I work for, I had to go down to Kentucky to haul jet fuel. I can't remember the town, but it's uh, near Cincinnati. It's near mm, it's near Covington, uh, K- Kentucky. <clears throat> now, these two attractions are about forty-five minutes apart from each other, but there is the Ark Encounter, where it literally is a giant life-sized Ark. It is amazing. And within the ark is kind of like a walking museum in a way. Um, and it gives you teaching. I mean, be prepared to read a lot. If you don't know how to read, all you're going to be looking at is just stuff. I mean, it's still pretty cool, but what you learn is even cooler. Um, and then, like I said, and then the other direction, there is an actual museum. It's actually almost kind of like a little mini amusement park in a way. Not with the, not the kind with like rides like you would expect at Cedar Point, but like there's an outdoor like play area, if I recall correctly, I think there was like zip lining. I mean, it's actually quite the place. Now, I went when it was still pretty cold out, so the outdoor area was not open, but the inside, the, the actual museum, let me tell you what, it's very deceiving when you first walked in. Because when you first walked in, you you kind of walk past like the gift shop area, and it's like this big giant hall, and it doesn't really look that impressive because the first exhibit that you start walking through are like rocks and where the different types of rocks came from and how it relates to the Bible to some degree. It's like, okay, because everything with the museum and the Ark Encounter all is based off of the book of Genesis. It really is amazing. And it, it basically uses the Bible to debunk science. But when you first go for the, you know, through the first couple of uh, uh, exhibits, you're thinking to yourself, what in the heck did I just spend my money on this? This kind of sucks. It's a little boring. But as you get further along into the exhibit and you get deeper into it, I'll tell you what, first off, that facility is a lot larger than it looks on the inside than it looks on the outside. There was a lot of walking and a lot of reading, and it got better and better and better through each phase of walking through there. I mean, it really is amazing. Honestly. The Ark Encounter was super cool. The museum part of it, my opinion, was better. And I, I've never, I never thought I would say that, but the museum part was way better than the Ark Encounter. If you ever get a chance, check it out. If you buy the two tickets at the same time, you know, for both events or both attractions, you can save money because, again, they're both, both owned by the same uh, entity or corporation that built it. So check it out. It really is cool. It's down in Kentucky. Just type in Google like the Ark Encounter. Okay. So anyways, but um, let's end this with a prayer. Again, if you have any special prayers, put it right here in the chat board. If you want your prayers to be anonymous, you can feel free to email me at hishardline, um, hishardline at gmail.com. If I don't see it today, then of course I will get to it tomorrow, of course. Um, But anyways, let's get started with the prayer. So Heavenly Father, I want to just say thank you for this day. It was a rough start to the week and, uh, you know, just due to either, you know, not just for me, but anybody out there, whether if it's, you know, you're dealing with sickness or colds or health issues of some degree, any type of medical emergencies, marital issues, financial issues, 
Um, everybody's got something different that they are doing, you know, that they got going on. Um, we, everybody's got just, it seems like nobody can catch a break. And so we pray for, uh, friends of ours that I work with and their marriage. I pray for, uh, my wife and, uh, what she's got going on. And, uh, we just pray for resolve father. We really pray for not just resolve, but healing and for, um, you know, the pain and non, you know, just things like that to just, you know, be gone and that we can get questions, you know, questions answered that we can get resolve on that. We pray for our nephew who is still having issues with his seizures and the medicine that they keep giving him father. Uh, we just, again, please intercede in all of these moments and all of these issues that people are having. I'm sure there's so many more out there like it. We just pray that you can touch all of our lives and just really help bring peace and deliver a miracle for each and every individual who is screaming and crying out for you in desperation. We pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. And, and again, I really hope, like I said, I know there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with different things. Everyone's got their personal cross that they got to bear. There's so many people out there that are just dealing with so many different things, whether if it's health or financial or marital or addiction or whatever. There's always something. And we just pray that you can get through it with the help of God. And remember, I, I know it's hard to hear it because it's hard when you're going through it. Um, we always rely and expect our own timing for God should be within a expedient time frame, right? You know, when we want answers, we always expect the answers in our time frame. And it usually seldom works out like that, right? Just remember that God's got you. Um, and I know it's a hard message to take sometimes when you feel like you're not being answered. Um, I've been there too. You know, you, you cry out to God and you feel like you're not being listened to. He hears us. I know he hears us. But you know what? He will deliver that answer at the least expected moment that you even would expect. So just hang in there. And remember, keep eyes on God. Invite Christ in your heart every day. And sometimes we lose focus on that. Sometimes we get so caught up in our own stuff, right? We get so caught up that we think we are drawing close to God and we are inviting Jesus in our heart. But are we really? I'll be quite frank with you guys, you know, with all of you guys out there. I have been very lazy. I don't want to say lazy, but forgetful myself for the last several days. It was up until yesterday I, I thought about it. I'm like, oh my goodness, I forgot to invite Jesus in my heart, literally. Because that's one of the first few things I do when I go to work. I have that conversation. I haven't been having that conversation. Probably why my week started out so crappy. And you know what I noticed since I started talking to God again and Jesus? My day has started calming down. Sure, it's still tough. But I'm able to get through it in a more calmer fashion. So, chin up everybody. You will get through whatever it is you're trying to battle. You will get through whatever it is that you are dealing with. And you will get through it with flying colors. So, I will be back in about two minutes. I'm going to go grab a bottle of water. 
And we will continue this conversation on the other side. And until then or the next time, if I don't see you on the other side, we will be back here tomorrow for another Bible reading for episode 467. All right. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye.